0: Okay, turn in your Bible, if you would, to Isaiah, Isaiah 53. We started last week, we started a sermon series called Dream Killers. And let me just explain to you what that is. A dream killer is that thing that happens in life that is not expected, it's not planned for, it just kind of happens. And the sole purpose is is to try to convince you that because this thing is happening in your life, this is now your new norm. This is now your new normal. So we started last week talking about sickness and disease in our life. How many of you ever planned to have a sickness or a disease? Did you ever plan for that? Come on, no, nobody did. Nobody ever asked for that or wants that. But do we all know somebody that a serious sickness or disease has shown up in their life? Or maybe it's even more personal, it's shown up in your own life. And that was the first one we talked about was sickness and disease. Can I tell you this? It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank if you can't get up off of a bed enough to use it. Amen? It doesn't matter how good your kids are doing in sports if you can't go out in the front yard and play ball with them. It, it doesn't matter if, if uh, when, when you try to move, you, you hurt and you ache so much that you can't really enjoy life. See, we call that a dream killer because all my hopes and all my aspirations now revolve around this sickness or disease. And I didn't plan for it. I sure didn't ask for it. And I know it doesn't line up with the word of God, but the reality is I'm still dealing with it. this is called real life. Amen? Somehow there's this weird perpetrated idea that just because I go to church and just because I've asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life means stuff doesn't happen to me anymore. How many Christians in here can testify stuff happens? I didn't plan for it. I didn't ask for it, but I still got to deal with it. So here's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to talk about a dream killer called unfulfilled expectation. And again, I don't want this to rattle around up here. I hope it really sinks into your heart. It doesn't matter. Let me just tell you this. It doesn't matter... Again, what your status is, what your bank account looks like, how much stuff you have. Man, there are these moments and times where, again, I didn't plan for this and I didn't ask for this, but it's kind of happened in my life. And Satan wants to try to make that your new norm. So again, man, issues happen in your marriage sometimes. And Satan wants to try to convince you this is how marriage is going to look from here on out. This is going to be your new norm. So, again, hold your place there in Isaiah 53. But uh, the base scripture that we talked about for this whole sermon series is John 16. And it starts in verse 27 and goes to 33. And just for the sake of time, I'm not going to read it all. But Jesus makes this statement. In verse 33, he says, These things I've spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Now, this whole scripture here, he talks about stuff's going to happen. Can I paraphrase the the scripture a little bit? Stuff's going to happen in your life. And listen, I'm not asking for you to be taken out of it. I'm not asking you to be exempt just because... You are a Christian. I'm not asking for you to float around on these pillowy clouds and have rose petals thrown in front of you. As a matter of fact, I'm telling you point blank, you're going to deal with some stuff in life. You're going to have some tribulation. And that word tribulation means this. It means pressure, opposition, stress, adversity, affliction. Squeezing, squashing. Listen, this in some people's world, this is like everyday life. Stress, anxiety, squeezing, little pain, little discomfort. Man, there are some people that say, "Pastor, you just described my Monday morning." <laughs> and he says, "Listen, I'm not praying that you be taken out of that, but I want you to be a good cheer because." I've overcome, and because I have, you can too. You're going to deal with some pressure in life. There's going to be some squeeze at times, but you won't really know what's on the inside of you until there is a squeeze. And then it forces what's on the inside to come out. Whether I like what I see or not. Whether I am happy about what comes out or not. But thank God, We started last week again talking about sickness. Thank God that Jesus made a way. Amen? Listen, how many of us can say, just this year alone, I've been sick? Yeah. But thank God, that doesn't have to be my norm because Jesus made a way. Isaiah 53, starting in verse 4, says this, But he, but Jesus, he bore our griefs, he carried our sorrow and pain, Yet we ignorantly assume that he was stricken, struck down by God, and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes, the wounds that he took, we are healed. Thank God that Jesus made a way so that sickness and disease does not have to be my new norm. Amen? Man, he, is, he was that sacrificial lamb that made a way that sacrificed himself on my behalf. Now, what I find interesting about this is if, again, if you happen to have your Bible open, you can just scroll up there in Isaiah 53 to verse 1, and listen, this is a prophetic verse. Jesus won't show up for like another 400 plus years down the line, and he starts off verse 1 in Isaiah 53 by saying this, who's going to believe this report? He knows it's a prophetic word, and he's saying, are you going to believe this? Because it hasn't happened yet, but it will. It will hey, come on now. Are you going to believe this? And, and Jesus does the same thing in John 16. That's why I encourage you. Read verses 27 through 33. The disciples are saying, you know, I, we believe you're the Christ. You're the son of God. And Jesus pushes back the same way Isaiah did and says, do you believe? Are you sure? Do you? Now, listen, we just got done singing a song. He is the God of miracles, and I believe that with all of our heart. But the two verses prior to that was, I believe in you. And I'm standing down there thinking about my message saying, do we really believe he is a God of miracles? Do we really believe that? It sounds great, and please let one happen to me, right, God? But do we really believe that he is a God of miracles? Do we really believe that? And and Isaiah pushes back and says, listen, Savior hadn't even come yet, but when he does, this is what's going to happen. And by the stripes that he takes, you're going to be healed. Who's going to believe this report? Jesus pushes back and says, do you guys really believe? Because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. And when you do, it's going to force you into a corner Of really trying to figure out if you do believe or not. It's the earmark of all tribulation in your life. Do you believe? Because you're going to experience some. And it's going to push on you. It might cause a little stress, a little anxiety, a little discomfort, a little aggravation. Do you still believe in me? So I want us to dig into this dream killer called... Unfulfilled expectation. And let me explain to you how this works. I believe this. And I'm trusting God for this. But this is all that's happened up to this point. And there's a gap that's created called unfulfilled expectation. Because I expected this, but as of today, I'm only experiencing this. What do I do with the gap? Listen, this happens all the time in marriages. One spouse has this expectation of another, and this is the best that the other one can do. And there's this gap called unfulfilled expectation. And I'm expecting this out of you, but you're only producing this. What do I do with the gap? Because right now you've let me down severely because I expected this and you're only giving me this. It's gotten awful quiet in here. See, this stuff happens all the time in our lives. We have things that arise. Man, I was expecting this out of my job and I'm only getting this. And man, there's a gap that I've got to do something with this gap. Man, there's this going on in my marriage, and and we're only here, and I got to do something with this gap. I'm trusting God for this, but man, I'm only right here. What do I do with this unfulfilled expectation that is disappointing me and crushing my heart right now? I know my father in law pastored a church in Missouri for over 30 years, and he developed cancer. And I know he's a God of miracles. I know he is. And I know the bias traps were healed. And we prayed our guts out over that man. And he went home last year to be with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it crushed my expectation because my expectation was that cancer was going to go. And it didn't happen. And I didn't quite know what to do with my unfulfilled expectations. Come on, this stuff happens all the time. Listen, as Christians, we can't ignore the realities that go on in our life. We have to deal with those realities. Well, Lord, you gave me this word and you gave me this promise that this was gonna happen. So, so why did I just lose my job? Or, or you know I, I just thought you know i would be in such a different place and I'm I'm, I'm I'm now i'm just a a wife with kids and 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 all my expectation was up here and now i'm right here and there's this gap that i don't know what to do with or or all of a sudden you know i i i would i really thought god said this and then but i'm only right here what do i do with that how do i manage that Because again, here's where the dream killer loves to swoop in. He wants you to abandon this and make this your new norm. Where now, you're not expecting up here, you're bringing your expectation down to meet a circumstance. Come on, don't shout me down. But this stuff happens constantly. Well, I thought I would be over here by now but I'm only right here. And the dream killer loves to just swoop in right here and try to convince you that this is the new norm. Give up on this. Don't don't expect this anymore. Bring your expectation down to meet your circumstance. Can I tell you this? God never comes down to meet God always asks us to rise up and meet him. Amen? Amen. Now listen, don't get me wrong. God will meet you wherever you're at, but God never leaves you where you're at. He always beckons you to come a little bit higher than where you've been. And whether that's in your personal life, whether that's in your married life, in your vocational life, it doesn't matter. God's always beckoning you, let's go a little bit higher than what you were expecting. But, but what if it doesn't come through? See, we love to play that game because the dream killer wants to convince us, don't put yourself out there. What if it doesn't happen? Come on. Amen? And every time, listen to me, every time that pressure shows up, It's to get us to begin to doubt what we genuinely believe. To get us to lower our expectation. Proverbs 13, verse 12, out of the Amplified says this, A hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire is fulfilled, it's a tree of life. But man, when my hopes and expectations are here, and and only this happens It crushes my heart. It makes my heart sick. But every time, man, my expectations are met. It's a tree of life. It invigorates me. It excites me. But what happens with the gap of I'm here and I really thought I was supposed to be here? So know this. When it it comes to God, we always think we know how it should go. And we always think we know how it should look. And we always think we know what time it should happen in. And isn't it ironic that it's always on our terms? And we think we got God figured out and like, it, yeah, it's going to happen like this. and It's going it's to look like this. It's going to taste like this. It's going to smell like this. It's going to be in this time. And it's always to meet Uh, Our preconceived notions of how we think God should work it out. How often does that work out for you? Just out of curiosity. Because I know this. Every time I think I got God figured out. Just the opposite ends up happening in my life. Why? Because listen. He's not a God to be figured out like a Rubik's Cube. He's a father to be loved and served. He's a father to be trusted in the good times and the bad. Do you think it was really Joseph's plan to sit in jail for three years? Not knowing what was going to be on the other side of the sentence. No, that wasn't his plan. I can reassure you. And we, we generally think we got God figured out. But then something different happens. And it does look different than what we thought, and it, it doesn't happen in the timing or as fast as we want it, and it sure doesn't meet our expectations. And we kind of go through this mental game that maybe this is a little bit harder than what I thought it was going to be, and, and maybe there's more challenge here than I expected, and there's way more of a sacrifice on me and my time. And we go through this thought process, and we won't verbalize it, but this is what's happening. We kind of wonder, should I just let this dream die? Because again, it was supposed to look like this, and it's only looking like this right now. And the dream killer loves to sit on your shoulder and whisper in your ear, just go ahead and bail out now and make it easier on yourself. Because whatever you do, don't fight through it. Forget what's been spoken over you. Forget what's been declared. Forget what's been promised. And just do your own thing. See, that's where you got to be really careful. Man, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. Because when you've got this gap, the enemy's agenda is always to get you to do your own thing apart from him. Always. Always. So it doesn't look like I thought, and, and it's not lining up the way I thought, so I'll just make it happen on my own. Because it was supposed to happen by now, so by God, I'm going to go kick some doors down and figure out what, what I can make happen on my own. It's how we manage the gap a lot of times, and again, we won't vocalize this because we know it doesn't really line up, but the reality is this didn't work like I thought it was, so I'm going to go ahead and make this happen on my own and I'll just go ahead and do something different. And here's what we do. We stop, man, write this down. We stop all progress towards a fulfilled promise. Man, we're moving towards something. But it doesn't feel like it. Our flesh feels like this is our new norm. That's how it feels. And the whole goal is to stop your progress towards a fulfilled promise. To get you, listen to me, to take one more lap around the mountain. Well, I'm, I'm standing right at the mouth of the promised land. Let's go ahead and just take another lap and waste a little bit more time, energy and resource and emotional equity. Let's just take another lap. Only to get right back to the, to the front of the entrance But sometimes when it doesn't look like I thought it was going to and feel like I thought it was going to. This is where the dream killer loves to try to convince you. Just do it on your own. Figure it out on your own. It's actually better just in your own ability, in your own strength, in your own time. Make it happen your way. Come on, are you listening to me? Listen, we have people in this church right now this morning that are doing this very thing. This is not how I thought it was going to be. So I'll just figure it out my own way. This is not how I thought it was going to roll. There are people in our community, it doesn't matter if they're saved or unsaved, they're dealing with this very same thing this morning. Man, how do I make this happen? Because this is what I thought, and this is reality. How do I deal with the gap? Come on, is this ministering to anybody or is it just me? Because I felt like God was like ripping me apart when I was writing the message, let alone speaking it. But we have this happen to us constantly. And you've got a choice. You've got a choice this morning. Am I going to make it happen for myself and push my own agenda Well, by God, I'll just apply to a thousand different jobs until something opens up because this is the way it's going to go. Or do I wait and let God open the doors for me? Now, listen, waiting does not mean I sit on the couch and watch Hispanic soap operas all day. (laughs) Or any soap opera for that matter. I just happen to like the Hispanic ones. I like to imagine because I can't really speak Spanish that well, what they're saying. <laughs> Listen, waiting is not passive, waiting's an aggressive position. So you have a choice this morning because all of us can think through scenarios where I expected this, but this is all I'm getting right now what do I do with it? I was reminded about this because just a month ago we were over in France and in the subway part there there's a constant message that's being relayed be mindful of the gap be mindful of the gap because there's a gap between the concrete and stepping onto the subway stepping into the car And there's a constant message there. Be mindful of the gap. Why? Because the car is there to take you to your next destination. But if you make a wrong step in the gap, you're not going to get where you were intending to go. Ooh, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Let me tell you, I'm going to push on you a little bit. Because when we start to make it our own agenda, and, and again, if I step on your toes, maybe they were meant to be stepped on today. We love to throw this out there what God said. You know why? Because it's easier to blame it on an invisible God than it is to take responsibility for my own. So I'll just pawn it off on an invisible God and say, God said. Who can argue? If you come to me and you're not really looking for my counsel, you're just telling me what God said. What am I supposed to say in return? Okay. Because at that point, we love to as Christians, just ponder it off an invisible God to justify what I want to do with the gap. So we'll just say what well, God said. Conversation's over. There's no conversation because you just justified how you want to deal with the gap. Now listen to me. It's rooted in pride. It's the same thing that the dream killer did when he was up in heaven. I will exalt. I will deal with this. I will rise above because I'm here and I think I should be here. So I will sit up on the throne. And God kicked his hind out of heaven that fast. And listen, when we deal with the gap on our own terms, it's always rooted in pride. But in John 16, I I have I have to just say this one more time. Twice in verse 33, it says this, in me, you'll have peace. And In the world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have. In me, I have. See, listen, we'll overcome the tribulation. We'll overcome the gap through Christ, not through our own exaltation. Not by forcing our own agenda and not, listen, and maybe I'm only speaking to any of the guys in here, but I'm the king of trying to kick doors down because I don't like where I'm at today. So I'll just try to force something into existence. I'm the king of it. Because I don't like where I'm at. And I feel like there's a gap. So in order to close the gap, well, I'll just make something happen. So I go kicking doors in. Trying to make something happen. I'm going to be really vulnerable with you. And, and majority of you weren't a part of this part of our journey as a church. But about 10 years ago, we were on the other end of Big Ben in a church building. And I know what God said. God told me to buy the property. Five acres had an existing building. I mean, we were growing by leaps and bounds. And I went to them to buy it. And there was such a discrepancy on the price. I mean a major discrepancy, not just like a couple thousand dollars. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference. There was a monumental gap. And I am telling you, it crushed my soul the day we had to move out of there. Because I know what God said. And I'm I'm saying this in full disclosure. I feel like we toiled because we shifted into East Bay High School Auditorium. And we toiled there because I was trying to force things to happen. And I'm telling you, there came a moment where God started dealing with me about the gap of what I was expecting and the reality of where we were. And I'm gonna tell you, this, this is your next step if this message speaks to your heart at all, this is your next step. You humble yourself before your king because the opposite of pride is humility. It is the opposite of the agenda that the dream killer tries to push. You humble yourself. And the minute I sincerely humbled my heart before my king, Someone came to me and said, oh, we have a space available. What do you think? I'm telling you, pride tries to force us to deal with the gap in our own strength and our own ability. We'll get the job done. And and a lot of us as guys, We'll, we'll just, we'll make it happen. Listen. Man, woman, a child, it doesn't matter to me right now. Your next step, if this message speaks to your heart at all, is to humble yourself before your king. To be real about the reality that I've been trying to make this happen on my own. I, I'm supposed to be here, but I'm only here. And I've been trying to close the gap in my own might, in my own power, and in my own strength. Let me tell you the second thing. And this is one of the hardest things for our flesh to do. And I mean this with great sincerity. One of the hardest things for our flesh to do is to wait. Wait on God. Wait. You know what I have found personally? One of the most dangerous times is when God isn't saying anything. Because I mistake that for, well, God isn't saying no. Well, well, God, well, God isn't stopping me. I mean, he's not saying no, so he must be okay with it. It's one of the most dangerous times because when God isn't speaking, it's because he already told you what to do the last time, and his mind didn't change, and so you're still supposed to be following what he said the last time. And one of the most dangerous times for us is when God isn't speaking because we like to interpret that as, well, if he had a problem with it, he'd tell me no. No, he expects you to be obedient to what he said the first time. Can any parents relate? Let me give you the last thing. Again, I'm telling you, your next steps, humble yourself. And then wait. Now listen. Listen. Not wait in agony, not wait in despair. He said, have joy in the midst of this. Relax, take a load off, quit trying to force everything. Just enjoy the moment. Enjoy life right where you're at. And when it's time, I'll open the right door for you. Here's the last part. And I want you to seriously take this in embrace the cost. Anybody that tells you that bowing your knee to Jesus Christ makes life easier is selling you a pipe dream. There is a cost to bow your knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's a cost. Listen, ask David what kind of cost there was. In bowing his knee to Christ and Christ alone. Ask Joseph what kind of cost there were. Ask all the people in Hebrews that said were killed and tortured what kind of cost there was. There is a cost to be embraced. And you can fight it all you want and try to convince yourself. The man serving God is just, man, we get to float around on flowery beds of ease singing kumbaya and nothing bothers me. Come on, that's so much garbage, it makes me want to throw up. You guys don't mind if I'm just being real and transparent with you, do you? There's a cost associated, there's a sacrifice associated. A sacrifice of my time. A sacrifice of my talent. A sacrifice of me. And you can either reject it or embrace it. And I'm telling you, the minute you begin to embrace the cost is the minute the gap starts to close. Because you keep getting closer and closer to your destiny. What looked like failure, being sold into slavery, Joseph embraced the cost and said, you know what? I'm going to be the best slave I can possibly be in Potiphar's house. And what looked like, man, I'm just being the best, uh, best slave I can possibly be in Potiphar's house. And now I get thrown into prison for doing the right thing. And every step. Felt like I'm getting further away. But he couldn't see it like God saw it. And he kept getting closer and closer and closer to his destiny. And he could have revolted right there in prison and said, I'm done with this. I'm done serving you. All that that has done for me has gotten my situation worse. But he said, you know what? I'm going to be the best prisoner that this prison has ever seen. And on the flip side of that prison sentence... He's moved to the right hand of the king. And what looked like was failure was moving him closer and closer and closer. I'm telling you, if you will embrace the cost, it'll move you closer. Or you can fight it, and I promise you it will move you further away from God's plan for your life.